Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. And you're live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. My name is Evans Manson. So imagine being paid an allowance to remain politically neutral as a civil servant. And imagine that that allowance is 20% of your basic salary. Um, if you even earn as little as, say, 1,000 CDs, that you can begin to appreciate why that is a significant amount. Uh, that is what has led to a huge controversy uh, that uh, has led to a strike, in fact. Uh, civil servants and the local government staff, they have withdrawn their services and they've crippled the public services, really. If you go to any of these public uh, you know, sector offices, you will find many stranded because they want to be paid that. Government indeed agreed to pay them uh, that amount of money uh, that they are demanding, right? So that is the first part of it. And then, of course, we, we heard from Labour as we approach May Day, the TUC and the rest of the labor unions have come together to say, well, they want their salaries increase. They want it increase by not less than 19% pegged to the rate of inflation. And nothing is going to stop them from getting it. In fact, the TUC boss says it's going to be do or die as they make these demands in times of the economic crisis. So let's put these two together and ask some very fundamental questions that engage with the civil servants themselves uh, and, and ordinary citizens on, the, on, these, on these two key questions. One, are the civil servants deserving of the uh, neutrality allowance you're asking for? That's the first question we need to consider. And then, of course, are they deserving of more than 19% increase in salary? And then there's a second question that, that we see always, uh, but we need to engage tonight, which is the workers go on strike, government is forced in the end, government will kick and scream, but eventually they will reach an agreement, they will pay the workers you know, something that is fair, and business as usual continues. The question to ask is, so when we do so and we pay them as taxpayers, do we get value for our money as taxpayers? Do you get value for your money when you pay the public sector worker, the civil servant, the increase, the annual automatic increases that they get? 
do you get value for money? We put together a poll, very fascinating results, these two questions, separate polls, and they're giving us two separate outcomes. I will share that with you very shortly uh, here on Ghana Connect. And as you may well know, uh, there are some very strong views on the first question of the neutrality allowance. This is Imani's uh, founding president, Franklin Kujo. It's a fraudulent arrangement. You know the reason why I call it fraud. You know, the whole idea behind civil service work or public service work is rooted in the principle uh, of neutrality, anonymity, and permanence. I'm just suggesting to you it is wrong. I don't know what motivated anybody to see the way anybody. So, so should it be scrapped then? Or it should definitely I... should be scrapped. Okay. It should be scrapped. Well, it should be scrapped. You, there's a direct response we've had today, in fact, yesterday from the uh, press, the boss, the, the president of Toxa, um, who has said categorically, um, Mr. Bampoado, that um, the likes of Imani don't know what they're talking about. The workers need this and they are entitled to it and they, in fact, are justified to have it. Okay, so forget about Imani, forget about Toxa for a second. This is about us. In the end, we will pay. We will pay as a people. So let's have a conversation whether they, they are deserving. And then whilst you have this conversation, remember that one of the biggest line items when it comes to us as, a, as, a, as, as Ghanaians and the budget, any time the finance minister goes and reads and gives us a sense of what we are spending our money on, the biggest line item is always compensation to workers, always compensation to workers. With the exception of this year that we've seen the reversal of that where, you know, payment of interest has overtaken compensation to workers. So we, should we ask that question, especially when, you know, we are in an economic crisis? Um, two simple questions to engage. One, are they deserving? Two, are you getting value for money? Many of you are connecting uh, with your thoughts. And if you don't know how, this is how. Join us now on Twitter, hashtag Ghana Connect Live. Facebook, join 99.7 FM. Or send us a WhatsApp on 0244-340-437 and we will call you back. Join the nation's biggest conversation now and connect to authority. So connecting with us uh, right now uh, on Zoom, Eric is a seasoned Ghanaian debater um, and communications coach, founder of Speech Forces. Eric is passionate about empowering voices and uh, developing strategic thought processes for leaders and active citizens uh, in Africa. Uh, just a citizen like myself, and Eric connects with us. Hello, Eric. Uh, hi, Evans. Great to have you, Eric. Uh, great to have you connect um, with us. Yeah, I'm doing great, and yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, Rose is a public servant and also connects with us. Hello, Rose. Please unmute for me, Rose. Uh, we're also uh, connecting uh, tonight with Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a civil servant. Uh, hello, Emmanuel. Hello, Emmanuel. Uh, all of you, please unmute. Let's have a conversation. Efo Dela is a blogger. Uh, a friend, Hello. A friend of the show. Uh, is this Emmanuel? Yes, this is Emmanuel. Emmanuel, thanks for connecting. I trust you're doing well. Yeah, I'm good. And your side? I am. I'm fantastic. Efo Dela is a blogger uh, and connects and connects uh, with us. Hello, Efo. Hi. Long What's time, up? long time no see. Since you you took your neutrality allowance, uh, twenty percent. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I haven't heard from you. 
Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, Carla Olympio, uh, you know, connected with us uh, on, on Facebook and I asked her to, to connect uh, live on the show and uh, she agreed. And so there she is and connecting with us via Zoom Hi. now. Hello, Carla. Hi. Good evening, Evans. Good evening. Uh, great to have you, uh, in fact. Um, listen, wherever you are tonight, uh, please uh, join us. Uh, let me re-emphasize that uh, WhatsApp line, uh, 055-1111-997. 055-1111-997. If you're on Twitter, uh, simply just uh, say something, respond to the conversations. And just check on the Joy News uh, Twitter handle or check on the Joy FM Twitter handle, Facebook as well. Uh, check out the poll there and join that conversation. But you can simply use hashtag Ghana Connect, hashtag Ghana Connect, so I can find you. I'll share a few of your thoughts uh, with the rest of the world. Let me start with you, Carla. Carla, so the, the, we've seen this week the um, labor unions, uh, you know, bearing their teeth. Let's start with this conversation surrounding neutrality allowance that the, the workers are asking for, also asking for uh, more than 19% increase in their, in their wages um you know this year going into into next year and um, first question that we're engaging tonight is are they deserving um are you asking me if they're deserving of the yes, yes 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 well, yeah 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 well, well what do you make of all or, this or okay so there's two different things so you know public sector workers generally are asking for increases in their wages right and everybody wants an increase in their wages right now inflation is going up prices of everything is going up everybody wants an increase so it may not be unreasonable to ask for one but it may be unreasonable for your employer to give you one just like in the private sector there are many employers who are saying no we cannot afford it right now we are not putting up our prices and we can't afford to give you an increase <laughs> Hello, Carla. I think the we may have lost Carla's connection there. Um, uh, already, already starting to make a very interesting point there. Hello, Carla. Can you hear me? Uh, let's see if Carla, Carla's uh, connection comes back up. But uh, she starts by making a point. Um, I want to bring in a, a civil servant. Uh, he's also the executive secretary of the Coalition Against Leadership of TUC and Organized Labor. Uh, Imano. Uh, so let, let's start with you I mean, on, on this whilst we get Carla back to, to complete her point. This neutrality allowance... Um, obviously, you will benefit if, well, it's not like if, because government has already approved it. What, what, what is it exactly? Why, 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 is, uh, why are civil servants, you know, why did civil servants even argue for it in the first place? Yeah, thank you very much and greetings to all your listeners this evening. Yes, when it comes to neutrality allowance, we are more than deserved and it is long overdue. Long overdue in the sense that you know, civil servants and uh, the military, the police, and almost the entire security service, we are bound from politics. A teacher can go and do politics, contest assembly member. At the same time, he can even be a political party, constituency chairman, party communication officer. In the same time as a teacher, and no one questions him. A civil servant, I cannot do that. I can only serve whichever government is in power. So in this case, I know I remember the reason why this neutrality allowance issue came out is when uh, four people who contested, uh, I think, party progress, both NDC and NPP, and they were members of the civil servants. And uh, uh, when they returned, some of them even lost 
the primaries. They returned and they were fired from the system. They sent the case to the Supreme Court. They were ruled, and they were, uh, the, the Supreme Court ruled against them, saying that because they enjoy neutrality allowance and they are part of agencies that enjoy, are uh, supposed to be neutral and enjoy this neutrality allowance, they cannot take partisan positions. Indeed, they were kicked out of the service. That was where the process said, okay, if the same service and, or the same law that is bounding us from doing active politics also said there is a, a, a portion that those who are bound from doing politics can benefit, and that is the allowance. And for all these years, we have not been benefiting from this allowance. Then we have been cheated for so long. This was where, based on the Supreme Court ruling, the Crossack moved to meet government and they negotiated, even they were demanding something above 40%, and through negotiation that they settled on the uh, 20%, which we as uh, uh, civil servants believe it is hopefully uh, inadequate. It is very inadequate, and we believe, uh, uh, looking at what other people are saying, it is illegal, it is this. My big brother, Franklin Kujo, I believe maybe uh, he is not privy to what actually transpired before our leaders made requests for this particular neutrality allowance. And it's like he has made his comment in haste. He has not done due diligence before coming out, calling it it is illegality and what of you. Uh, Franklin Kujo is a good friend and someone that I respect so much. But this particular uh, issue, he got it all wrong. Okay, so, so that is a justification. The justification is that, um, well, you, you are barred from doing politics and so you should be compensated for that. Exactly. Uh, Fodela, what do you, you say know, to that? Uh, just a second, Imano. Let me bring Fodela in. Hello, Fodela, what do you say to that? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's, it's a very interesting concept that I'm not sure I totally agree with. And I do not, I'm not arguing from a legal point of view. I just do not see the reason why I should pay somebody to be neutral. Um, that said, like the first speaker said, we are in very hard times and people like want to increase their remunerations and their salary and things like that. So it makes sense that people are asking for any means by which to increase their salary. Uh, what would be very interesting for me was if there was some research um, that uh, was done in the civil service to find out how many people in the civil service actually wanted to enter politics and were prevented from by this neutrality um, by um, by them being have to they, them having to be neutral because if it's just a small number of people then it just means that it's not um, there isn't a reason for it like on a statistical level so I don't think that you should uh, if just maybe less than 0.01 percent of people want to enter politics then it kind of doesn't make sense to pay everybody a neutrality allowance. And this is not from a legal point of view. I'm trying, I'm just trying to understand it. That said, um, for example, people asking for a 19% wage is, is something I totally agree with. I feel like um, as a matter of principle, I feel like you can't demand more from people unless you actually pay them. And then when you pay them, then you can demand more from people. Currently, things are very hard. Four prices have gone very high. Prices of everything has gone very high. The only thing that hasn't gone high in the last couple of years are salaries. And in as much as we like to 
bash the civil servants and say that they are not doing their work or they are not motivated, they, they don't do their work. We don't really motivate people to do their work. I work in the private sector and in as much as I would like to be paid more, I I, I feel like most times I'm even fairly compensated for the amount of work that I do. I do ask for salary increases quite often and sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. Um, and it's normal for people to ask for salary increases. It's what is not normal is for people to without receiving salary increases. So in various ways, they will try their various salary, including any try. I still find quite quite incredible. Interesting. I have I have somebody's phone uh, keep consistently beeping in the background and it's interfering. Uh, kindly put it on silent or put it off or take it away from the table because it's vibrating on the table and it's, it's coming into the into the conversation. But therefore, let me ask you two quick questions and I'll bring back Carla because we have Carla back on. Um, so uh, separating the two issues as as a taxpayer because eventually you will pay. Um, quick one. Are you? Would you? Would you pay a civil servant to be neutral? No, you won't. Okay. Would, yes, as a taxpayer, I wouldn't pay a civil servant to be neutral. Okay. That, that's not to say I wouldn't. But you, but you pay, but you don't have a problem giving them a nineteen percent plus increase in your salaries now. Yes, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I just wouldn't wants that to be something that it feels kind of morally wrong from my understanding and it's hard for me to explain but i kind of feel like if you are paying somebody to be neutral then it's not really neutrality you are you are gagging the person and that's not something i i agree with i lost you back i lost you earlier you're making a point hi Hi, Evans. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I think I had a, an issue with my internet. I'm not sure where I was. So I had started saying that, um, that look, the, the, the desire for an increase in wages is not peculiar to civil servants. However, as in the private sector, if your employer cannot afford to give you a pay rise, then they shouldn't. And at this point, I'm not sure that the employer of civil servants, which is the government, can afford to give them this pay rise. In that case, then it would be unreasonable to give it to them, even if they actually are deserving. And let me just say, I have a lot of respect for civil servants and anyone who wants to work in politics as well. However, when it comes to the neutrality allowance, there's something about that that really does not sit well with me. Because this is something that would have been a condition of your service, presumably, because it's in the constitution that you're not allowed to go into politics. And what is even more disturbing is the what appears to be the underlying premise that I would make more money if I also had a political position. And I think that should disturb all of us because I think there are too many people in Ghana at all levels that feel like going into politics is the way to make a lot of money. And that has many repercussions on what actually happens in our political class. And I think it's something that really should be taken out of the, the, the consciousness of the everyday citizen of Ghana from the time that you know people are in school, because it is a, an extremely common way of thinking that, oh, I'm gonna go into politics to make more money. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the case. Of course, if you're a politician, you do also deserve to be remunerated if you hold political office, but it shouldn't be that I'm going to go and make extraordinary profits because I'm going into politics. So in that sense, no, they may, they may be deserving of pay rises, but definitely not 
of a neutrality allowance. Because bear in mind that in the private sector as well, there are many jobs, roles and projects that you cannot get into if you are political or a politically exposed person. Even such as, such as my job, actually. Yes, your job and many, many others. There's even normal jobs sometimes in things like oil and gas and, and others. You cannot. And, I mean, are people asking for neutrality allowances for that? Because there's a reason why. Because it is very easy to now engage in corrupt practices if you are in certain jobs and you also are close to that kind of political power. It doesn't mean that everybody in politics is, is corrupt by no means, but it means that the line is so easy to cross that you're prevented from it. It's not peculiar to civil servants. So no, I don't agree with it at all. Imano, what do you say to that? Hello, Imano. Imano, please unmute if you've muted. Okay, let's see if we can... Yes, can you hear me now? I can, yes. Yes, I think I'm... Yes, yes. I think I partially agree with my sister. If you look at workers, we deserve more than pay rise. Since uh, almost three years now, we have been punished severely when it comes to our salary increment. Last year, you had our coalition organizing various demonstrations in Tamale, nurses, teachers coming together, demonstrating against the 4% and 7% salary increment, which is woefully inadequate and does mess up the life of workers in this country. Now, what, uh, what my sister is saying, then if we, that is what we are saying, then we have to do amendment of our own constitution. <laughs> if you read Article 94, Clause 3 of the 1992 Constitution and Political, uh, uh, political Parties Act 2003, Section 26, is stated categorically why you cannot pursue your political career when you are a civil servant or a security personnel. It's not necessarily going to make money in the political platform, but it's about pursuing my career of my interest alongside the job I do. Let's say I'm a, 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 a civil servant. My people want me to represent them as assembly member. And they said, because I'm a civil servant, I cannot represent my people, even if I'm the best person to serve them in that community. It means the law banned me from uh, taking other careers alongside what I am doing as a civil servant. So what we are talking about is something that is in our constitution and we are enforcing the laws because we have been punished when it comes to part of that same constitution and when it comes to, uh, come to that same article. But the other portion is not being implemented, which is the neutrality allowance aspect. And they are punishing civil servants who decide to take a, 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 another career when it uh, comes to politics, just because they said you are entitled to neutrality allowance and you cannot do politics. Now, let's look at uh, our uh, system. I can say when this COVID-19 hit the country, the very people who uh, suffered and sacrificed much our civil servants, they came out, we know Article 71 office holders, increasing their salary to 79%, telling us to stick to 4% just because we are not in normal times. But they are in normal times. All these things, we went through hell within these two years of COVID-19 period. Now, people talking about the value of money and when it comes to civil servants, indirectly, then you are telling me uh, there is no value for having a mother in the house. Civil servants, we are more important. And just a, a, a day or two, the absence of civil servants, the whole country will shut down. 
Look at what will happen to uh, uh, our, our brothers and sisters in the hospital when nurses and doctors decide to leave the place. Yeah, I mean, what but, will happen but, to our but, but nobody disputes that. But let me ask you a question, Imano. Imano, you talked about, so yeah, if you people want you to become an assemblyman, well, assemblyman is apolitical, so you can. I mean, say a district assembly person, whatever, you can do it because the constitution says you cannot be, be, be politically active. Um, but then you have a choice. When you were going to the civil service and signing on to your conditions of service, didn't you know that you can't do that and you still chose to go into civil service? Yes. Article 94, clause 3 of the 92 Constitution, and uh, uh, the uh, political parties are 2003, section 26, stated categorically that as I'm going into the civil service, I cannot do politics, but I'm entitled to neutrality allowance. Now I've entered. Wait a minute. Where, 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 in the, where exactly did he say you are entitled to neutrality allowance in the law you mentioned? Because I'm, I'm holding the law. I don't see anywhere. He says, yes, you cannot be active politics. But he didn't say you should, you should be paid an allowance for that. A ruling from the Supreme Court based on this same article. And maybe you have to request for the uh, that ruling from the Supreme Court. Why they said we are entitled to neutrality allowance. But when it comes to uh, uh, politics, we cannot do politics because we are entitled to neutrality allowance. And it was a ruling. Based on that ruling, and our leaders went to the uh, government to negotiate for this neutrality allowance. Mm. Our security service are enjoying neutrality allowance. The police, the, the, the military, all the security service, they enjoy neutrality allowance. Why is it a case when it comes to civil servants? And you know, when it happens that way, it's like people are undermining the services we are rendering to the country. Mm, and I, mean, I don't think that is the best. It's, it's not stay, motivated stay, stay enough with me. when it comes to our... Uh, Stay with me, Mano. Very, very interesting points there. Eric uh, is with me. Eric is uh, also connects. Hello, hello, Eric. Hi, Evans. Eric, you've had the conversation. Um, the, the, so the two sides I've heard so far. The neutrality yeah. allowance, if you speak to FO and Carla, who are not civil servants, of course, they, they are opposed to it. But, of course, they have a, there's a soft spot for increasing the salaries by, by 19% as they've asked. Well, where do you stand? Uh, just a point of clarification. Okay, Carla. Okay, Carla. Um, I can't say no. I I do not necessarily have a soft spot for increasing the salary. I'm saying that I can see why they're asking for an increase in salary because everybody needs more money because the cost of living has gone up. However, like in the private sector, if the employer cannot afford it, which it appears the employer currently can't, then it's not reasonable to actually give it. So. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's a that's a clarity today, Eric. Wait, what's what's your take? So, um, so first on the neutrality allowance, which I think is it's it's a it's a summary of our policies that we have in this country, because um, I'm listening to Emmanuel quote Constitution articles to justify it. Just that on the face of it, in our policies, we actually have no commitment to the state that we have. Everybody see the state as a vehicle to amass wealth and resources. So that's why Emmanuel can say that, well, if I'm a civil servant, I can't be a politician. So can I get another, uh, some money from the state to compensate me for not milking the state <laughs> as a politician? And I think for me, it's the symbolism of this. I'm totally 
are upset that that agreement was already has been already made. And even this is a recognition of what we have always been hearing, the rumors that you've been hearing that politics, there is a lot of money in there. Because when Emmanuel says that they are not allowed to do politics, he doesn't say that the constitution bars them to do a side job. They can do every other job that accept politics and make more money in addition to their civil servant role. But it's the political money that because they are cut off from there, they must be compensated for. And that is why I think as a country, we, if it's in the constitution that, or as he says, the Supreme Court have ruled that um, they deserve that, we should revisit that and cut it off. As Dela said, how do you pay someone to be neutral? Like, why do you, how do you pay them to be neutral? Because you have already agreed to the terms and conditions of your employment. And then when you get in there, you say that, well, you want to now, you want to depart from the conditions that gave you that employment. And because we are not allowing you to leave there, you deserve some kind of it. So I think uh, it's, it's uncalled for. We can't even entertain that as a country. And if the political class continue to uh, go ahead with it, it shows what Ghanaians have been always complained, have always complained about, about how they see the state as a as an avenue to milk ordinary taxpayers' money. Well, as you may well know, Eric, the, the, the politicians, uh, our, our government, have agreed to actually pay that. But stay with me. Rose is, is also on. Uh, Rose, I didn't hear you earlier, but uh, I understand your connection is back now. Hello, Rose. Hello. Okay, we may have lost Rose uh, on the line there again. But 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 Eric, to that point there, I was making to you earlier. The government has yeah. already agreed to pay them. In fact, the government is in arrears of almost three months now, uh, when it comes to neutrality yeah. allowance. Um, what 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 do you say to that? The, the, your, your, the people you who represent you, you say you you don't agree, but the government agrees that they should pay. That's what I'm saying. That the civil servant, obviously, they work in tandem with the government machinery. Because, and that is where I think our problem lies. The civil servant role have become a pseudo political arrangement in our country now, in the state that we live in. Because for the politician to continue to do anything, the civil servant must enable them. So it's a coalition for me. It's a coalition, that admission that yes, we recognize that per your role, you're cut off from the national cake in some way. So we are going to give you some of it, just a little bit of it. So I, I see why the politicians were in a hurry to agree to it and had no qualms about it. But that speaks more to the kind of systems that we have created here in our country. And that is very, very regrettable. Okay. Now, on the, on the other side of this, I'm going to tell you what the, the poll results have said. On the other side of, the, of that, I'll, I'll ask the question, okay, the next question, which is... Um, are we getting value uh, for for what we pay our civil servants and the public 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 servants? Um, what we paid in the past and what we continue to pay and what we will continue to pay? Do you feel you're getting value for it? Let's have that conversation uh, on the other side of this uh, now. Let's let's take a few of your views now on on the key issues that uh, we've been talking about. <laughs>
colleague uh, Kripa Sanse is here with me uh, with the, what you've been saying on social media. We asked a question, um, uh, two questions. Let's start with what is on Joy News. Um, what was the first question? So the question is, are public, are public sector workers deserving of all these enhanced working conditions in the midst of an economic crisis on a background of organized labor asking for 19% increase in wages and also the neutrality allowance. We're just about 20 minutes for this poll to end on a joint new channel. And 67% says yes, these workers deserve these enhanced workers' conditions. Okay. 26% says no, whilst okay. About seven percent said they are indifferent about this. Okay, so so that's the overall majority saying, yeah, the workers are deserving. That's that's an interesting. I asked my my connectors what what they say to that. Um, what about the, the question of the neutrality allowance? So, fifty-five percent says no on the joint neutrality. Fifty-five percent says clearly they don't deserve the they don't deserve the they don't deserve neutrality this allowance. neutrality allowance and then 36 percent says yes whilst nine percent are indifferent okay there are some very interesting comments on this yes they are uh, there are several conditions of service for public servants that that they do not enjoy uh purchasing power is dwindling mind you some people take home a net of a thousand cds a month how uh citizen and charlie it's sad bro very sad and painful uh, um, uh, this one says uh, the fact is that the public sector isn't being productive enough. Okay, so that's another argument. Mm. Enough to make such demands, uh, with the exception of our teachers and lecturers, other union treaters like we never pay tax. So, Evans, if you, if, you, if you go to Facebook, some of the comments are very interesting. It says, this one says, the whole pay policy structure is shallow. And that's one reason why successive governments continue to battle with labor agitations. It offers so much to Article 71 office holders and workers of certain states don't get anything. So they seem to support this. Yeah, a lot of yes, 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 yes in the comment sessions. This one says, which economic crisis are you talking about? They don't, he doesn't see any economic crisis. He thinks uh, the mm. government must pay. Imano says, is anyone at all politically neutral to warrant a strike from Clocksack for non-payment of their neutrality allowance? Um, uh, there's, a, there's an emphatic one. He says, absolutely not. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't deserve it at all. Mm. Mm -hmm. This one says, if Article 71 office holder can assign salaries, billions for themselves, then nobody should fault the civil servant for demanding this. This one says, those typing A, I mean, those saying that, yes, that's value for money, are into vote buying. It's either they are Clocksack members or they are not Clocksack <laughs> members. And so this one seems to suggest that if you want to be in a public service, then you don't deserve this. If you want to go and do politics, go and do politics. This one says, the first question should, we should be asking is, are civil servants having the necessary resource to carry out their work effectively. He said in his own question there, mm. this one says, what sense does this allowance make? Does being neutral, irrespective of which party is in office, not protect them, their jobs and offices from political attacks and vilifications? He says they do not deserve this. Jacob is asking, aside all the tips they demand, uh, when you need their services, they are able to hoodwink government to get this unmerited neutrality allowance. Teachers deserve better. Oh. Um, and then another one says, scrap article 71 office holder there's aggression and allowances too and show equity too i mean so there, there's a i've heard emmanuel make that point mm. uh, comparing what they get to the article 71 office holders and that's their justification for for demanding more uh, let's go on to the phone lines now and uh, blank singh has moved from uh, the the zoom to to join us on on phone uh, blank singh, you're a public servant from what i understand yes i am great um so let me ask you so what first of all 
are you one of those who be, who's going to be benefiting from the neutrality allowance? No, I wouldn't technically. Um, <laughs> but honestly, um, this morning I listened to your interview. But before I go on, let me say a good evening to your cherished listeners and Evans. Um, I was on the Zoom. Unfortunately, the network is playing up. I will not benefit directly from the neutrality allowance. But once I'm a public servant, and eventually if there are allowances and pay rise and all that, I'll benefit. But that doesn't mean we uh, have to be unrealistic. Um, this morning, there was an interview on a sister station, ATLSM, which was taken from Joy. And it was said by the minister or the deputy minister that there is an agreement to pay that allowance. That's true. So if the minister has admitted that there is an agreement to pay that allowance, then sincerely, we shouldn't be delivering this issue. Why make a promise and accept to pay something you are not ready to pay? It's like deception. That's how I will take it. You tell me, okay, you deserve the spare the court rulings, you deserve to be paid neutrality allowance. But it gets to the time when it has to be paid and then we are not paying. And the beneficiaries decide to put down their tools and not to work. And it becomes a debate. But my worry is with what uh, Carla said. I agree with her perfectly. It's really scary. Some of the reasons why my colleagues in the uh, civil service are asking for um, this neutrality allowance is really scary and worrying that their colleagues in other services can do politics and earn more. So is it that the politics we are having is for making money and not to save the nation? So if they keep going on that tangent of their colleagues earning more and their colleagues' ability to do politics and get some favors here and there, and this morning one of the interviewees was saying they can attend political party rallies and get some CBs here and there. And I was shocked. To hear this from, <laughs> you know, a unionist, that you are banned from receiving freebies from political parties. For that reason, you are justifying your demand for an allowance that you have been promised by a ruling of a, a, a court, a superior court. You've been promised. And your justification, one of your reasons, uh, that you cannot benefit from political activity freebies. It's sad. So, but, so, so interesting. So, although you're a public servant, you disagree with the with the justification for the neutrality allowance. Totally, okay. totally, because if sincerely they deserve that neutrality allowance, and um, Emmanuel cited that the um, police service the military and other services are enjoying it already. We don't have their pay slips to prove that. 
However, if they are enjoying those things, I remember um, reading that those people do not embark, embark on strike actions. True. So could it be that it's a clause and um, not really the term? Because this morning I also heard that there is no term as neutrality allowance. They have coined that term. So could it be that it is an allowance similar to neutrality allowance that the CLOSAG have coined? Mm. Could that be investigated? What sort of allowance are they taking? Is it a risk allowance? Mm. It could be risk allowance. And there are other sectors that um, have people working there who take risk allowance for exposure to various things. Yeah. So, so directly, you will not benefit from the neutrality allowance if it's paid, when it's paid? Directly, I will not. Okay, so... But even if I would, the justification is truly unfounded and dangerous for a nation like Ghana. Okay, hold on for me. Imanol, so that's your colleague, public servant. That's his, his view on this, about the reasoning and the justification. Well, address that for me very quickly, Imanol. Yes, uh, I think what my sister is saying, they are all missing something. You know, politics is not all about going to make money. It's a service to the nation. It's the same thing that the civil servants, our work is also a service to the nation. Mm-hmm. But I can choose different careers. I can choose to be a civil servant, like the way a teacher can choose to be a teacher and the same assembly member, or a teacher at the same time go and contest for any political positions. But I am not talking about even going into a mainstream politics of NDC and PP. But let's say an assembly member that is even apolitical, we are even banned from. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess the question. The I, I guess the question is, is she's asking you is. Yes, but why do you put monetary value on your inability to do that? So you say, okay, I can't do that, so pay me something for my inability. Why do you do that? Why do you put monetary value on that? That is why I said these things emerge from the Supreme Court ruling, that we are entitled to neutrality allowance, and for that matter, we cannot engage in any active politics. Okay. And the, our people said, if that is so, we are not being given this neutrality allowance, then we will demand for it. Okay. But let me uh, make this point clear. Okay. Public service work, our civil servant, we have sacrificed enough. And if you look at this COVID-19 uh, uh, saga, we are the most vulnerable people now. All workers, not just uh, uh, civil servants alone, all government workers, we are the most vulnerable people now. We are even struggling to survive with our salary even up to a week after uh, 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 paid. So the sacrifice we have made is not even about this neutrality allowance. We deserve more than 60 to 70 percent uh, salary increment or uh, any allowances, even if we are to uh, negotiate for cost of living allowance, what they call COLA. Our COLA allowance from 2020 to now should not be anything less than 70 percent. Okay, so so hold on. Hold, 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 even hold, hold. to be a bit. Okay, hold on for me then. I think you just broached my next big question. I'll start with Efo Delifo. So he makes the point there about they are deserving it. But, but let's ask the other question, which is, yes, they, they, they says they are deserving, but what about value for money, right? When we pay them, remember that this neutrality allowance conversation, government has already agreed to pay. So they are in arrears. Government must pay because you've agreed. But as a citizen... Do you feel you get value for money when you pay the neutrality allowance, when you pay 20% increase in salary every year, etc.? 
Do you, do you, do you, what's, what's your take on that? Are you getting value for your money? Um, so I, I just want to point out that I do agree with you that if the government has agreed to pay them a certain amount of money, you should pay them. And the government shouldn't have agreed to pay that amount of money in the first place. But when they've agreed, they should pay them and find a way to scrap it later. Um, do I get value for money? That's a hard question to answer because, um, I currently don't even feel like they are paid well enough for me to demand value for money. And honestly, I'm not one of those people who believes in doing something because you you are patriotic or um, for the love of the country. I feel like you should pay people well enough and they, they should do their work diligence. Whether they believe in something or not, they should do their work diligence. If you pay them well enough, then they should do their work diligence. I don't have to believe in the ideals of this country if you pay me well enough i should do my job and i don't feel like we pay people well enough for us to demand that sort of diligence from them in the first place um like the lots of people are very vulnerable in this country and government finds a way to zilch out paying them properly so i do um sympathize with my brother um trying to get more money um and i can't say if i benefits um i find value for money because i feel like i don't get value for money in a lot of things in the country in the first place so i kind of feel um hypocritical to nitpick on one group of people because i do not get value for money i need a lot of people in higher places to give me value for money before i can demand before i demand that from people at the smaller place i i worked for a very short period in the government sector it was just ridiculous that i had to get out of there very fast i don't feel like the systems are efficient enough for anybody to work properly to give their best i do not feel like people are paid well enough for them to get their best. i feel like everybody has competing agendas and that makes their work rather difficult so i find it very difficult to answer the question and i'm not being trying to be um to evade the question or not. Okay, I I, I, get, the, I get the background you're coming from. But Carla, try and answer the question for me. Do you get value for money? <laughs> Evans, this is also a very difficult question for me to answer. Um, because again, I do feel, like I said, I have a lot of respect for civil servants. It, not in all cases, no. I think in some cases we don't. In many cases we do, and they deserve to be paid more. Um, but there's an issue, for example, during... Um, the two years of the pandemic, especially during the lockdowns and stuff, there were many, many people in the private sector who lost their jobs. But I believe the government did not actually let people go during those difficult times. So while government sector workers are complaining at how much they've suffered, everybody has actually suffered, apart from a very small group of people. So the suffering is not just government sector workers. You know, there's a theory that some of the perspective that we have that the government is, you know, an endless cash cow comes from colonial times when we, the natives, saw the natives of Ghana, I don't mean it in a derogatory way at all, but people native to Ghana, saw the foreign governors, etc., living large. And so as soon as things changed, people thought, well, that's the way to live a good life. Get a nice bungalow, a car, live large by going into government. And, you know, in, in a sense, this has persisted. And it really has to change. Let's not forget that, Evans, you made a point about how much money the government spends on salaries of public sector workers. They do deserve it. But let's not forget that 70% of our GDP 
comes from small and medium-sized enterprises. That's where the money, a lot of the money is also coming from. So we really have to find a balance. Okay, we so, so, so I, I guess you're saying that on a question of do you get value for money, you also don't have an answer. I, I, I think it's too broad a question for me to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you want to try? Eric, are you still with me? Please unmute because I can't hear you. And I'll, I'll go to the Dr. Emmanuel Quitte who, uh, who is connecting with us. Eric, I can't hear you. Are you there? Okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's bring in the Dr. Manakwiti. I'll come back to the public servant and the civil servant on that last question. I'll I'll take the last thoughts on that. Uh, it, it, I think it's actually been very curious that two citizens can't really say if they get value for money or not. That in itself says a lot. Uh, Dr. Akwete, uh with IDEG is connecting with us. Doc, what what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think I respect public servants, the work they do, but we must also admit that the public service is broken. Public service actually also involves a lot of ethics, and we must differentiate between what is an ethical value and what is a commercial thing. Uh, If you're a public servant, you are to serve the public impartially, and it's not the politics alone, but it's whether it's a poor or rich person or it is a regional identity or not. It's a citizen you're serving. And therefore, for me, if it's a matter of paying public servants for overtime uh, or challenging them to show productivity and results and there's an incentive on it, that is performance-based. But on the issue of being paid what is called what? Neutrality allowance? I think it's unethical. It is corrupting. It's not only public servants who do, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever you call impartiality. Most of us do impartial work because that is how you help in making the system move forward. But we also work overtime. And some of us are not in a situation where we even get accommodation or anything from government, not even funding of any kind. So the value of a public servant, a thoroughly bred public servant is not to charge for neutrality, uh, for, for impartiality, or what is it, uh, coming, what is the allowance Neutra- Neutrality coming? allowance, yes. Pardon? Neutrality allowance. So the question is, so if the allowance is not paid, is neutrality seen in terms of being then a political person, that you are going to do politics and be partisan? Would it lead to corruption? You will charge those who can pay, and you would not serve those who can uh, uh, pay. Is that what we're saying? It is going to destroy the public service. And I'm ashamed it came from, you said the minister promised or the Supreme Court said they should do this. I mean, where are the examples in the world? The Kenya got to a position that it needed to strengthen the public service, to deliver growth, to deliver public services, improve the quality of life. And he decided that it was going to recruit the best from the public uh, private sector with the competence to do the job. So the pay went up. In fact, one of the best paid. And all sorts of schemes were put in place and are put in place to deal with, the, with corruption in the public service. You must serve selflessly. You are paid enough, given accommodation and so many free cars and all that. So this idea that you're neutral and you should be paid, so anytime you are not paid, that's your neutrality shift into 
uh, partisanship. I think the system is so broken that we are now telling, turning corruption into values, into ethics. But it is wrong. If you join the civil service and you feel you have a political interest in resign, we have failed in the Fourth Republic, particularly, I think, in uh, President, uh, President Kufu's time, there was a civil uh, servant, I like I've forgotten his name, he was quite into sports, and many others who were clearly taking political positions on things and wouldn't resign. And the ethics of it, in fact, the late uh, Professor Wood wrote about this. He had a pamphlet and said, this is a threat to the civil service. A simple rule. You want to go political, step out and go. But the ethics of the profession does not admit that you say you are neutral, so they should pay you money. So it's corruption, um, you know, dressed neatly and officially approved. And it must be condemned thoroughly. And the civil servants must rather fight for improved conditions. I mean, why should you, you deserve extra pay? Fine. For what work done, quality of work. There must be an assessment and rigorous procedures for determining that, yes, you must be paid this or that. Performance is down in the civil service. The civil servants themselves complain. The political uh, politicians themselves complain. So what does this do? And that is why I felt compelled to join this. Yeah, it's not the civil servants alone who must play neutrality to serve a nation and its people. Doc, very quickly uh, on, on this quick one, which is that the government has already agreed to pay them and they are in three months arrear. So what happens now? Well, the government can convert it to an overtime if there is a basis for it. But in terms of neutrality, how do you determine that? When the civil servant is not being neutral, what are the indicators? How do you detect it? How do you measure it? Where is the evidence? And I don't know. It's a very, was it incompetence or corruption being, you know, ethically defined? I, I don't understand. And I don't understand civil servants are saying that because it's paid to politicians, it has to be paid for us. Otherwise, what? So the question is, so you don't get your neutrality allowance and so what? But they are on strike. <laughs> no, they are on strike. They, take. they are on strike, actually, um, for the last... Uh, they are on strike, but, because well, partly they are saying they are attributing it to what the Supreme Court judge said. Yeah. And they are attributing it to a government saying, yes, we will do it. But the question is, what is the top civil service uh, uh, bosses and so on advice? What is the best practice? Mm. Uh, Where is the global best practice? That must come into this situation to aggravate it. I think they deserve, if they've worked over time, they deserve, in Singapore, your remaining in the public service depends on you passing exams every year. Mm-hmm. Until director grade or before or after. You fail exams, you are, you are sacked. Mm-hmm. What do they do to sustain their professionalism and competence and the delivery of service to ordinary mm. people in the districts and so on. Inter- interesting, uh, Dr. Kwiti. Uh, doc, thank you very much uh, for for connecting uh, with us. Uh, let me let me quickly end with the two, one, one civil servant directly and one public servant um, quickly on this. Imano, um, that last question I asked the others, let me put that to you. The question about 
value for money. Um, do you do you do you believe in all sincerity that you offer us value for money when we agree to pay you neutrality allowance, which we have agreed to pay you anyway on because the government represents us? And then nineteen percent people say, yeah, I give them. But do you give us value for money? Are you convinced that you do that? Whether public uh, servants, we we give you value for money. Indirectly, it's like asking whether uh, the the presence of your mother in the house or your wife in the house actually adds something valuable to the uh, the, the, the the management of the house. You know, our activities cannot be measured. If you come to the digital assemblies, we know the sanitation, and if we are to talk about our activities until we lay down our tools and people are beginning to miss our service, that is where they will feel our importance. So the the, 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 the value for money when it comes to our activities and our work as civil servants, it is even above what we deserve. Okay. The amount given to us is just a peanut. We cannot even uh, imagine why we are taking such peanut and rendering such valuable services to a nation like Ghana. So I guess your answer to that is very emphatic. That as far as value for money, you deliver over and above uh, what what you are paid to deliver. Exactly. Okay. Uh, hey, Rose, do you agree with that as a public servant yourself? I agree with him perfectly on this one. Perfectly. We give value for money. We do what we must, and even more than what we must. If you weren't giving value for money, I'm sure the nation would have collapsed by now. So I agree with him on that score. But I also agree with Dr. Akwetia. Yes, that what Clausac should be fighting for is not neutrality allowance. But as I said earlier, something in the sense of security allowance or risk allowance or something. Because if you risk losing your job, if you flout the law to go and do partisan politics or go and contest in some elections, whether partisan or non-partisan, you risk losing your job. And then it's a risk. So why not ask for risk allowance? Okay. Very interesting points there. So the two civil servants say, yeah, they deliver you value for money over and above. Um, the two citizens who join us, we're not quite sure. They can't say, uh, <laughs> where they can, uh, they couldn't answer the question directly. That's 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 a very interesting point. I guess uh, Dr. Quitter's point is is clear now, which is that it actually emphasizes Dr. Quitter's point, which is how we're measuring that because there's no objective way of measuring it. It's difficult for us, the citizens, to say. But it's very easy for the public and civil servants themselves to tell us that they are okay. The conversation is continuing on our many social media uh, pages on the back of the poll questions. Head on there and, and let's interact. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. 
live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Boxing leads the way in the approaching sporting weekend. And all roads lead to Wembley for this WBC heavyweight championship fight. You get knocked out with you. The king is back. I'm sick and tired of testing for you, man. He's such a fraud. Dylan White, you're not on my level. Let's have it! No one is scared of you. Bring the pain, man. Well, if that's me as far, I dropped him in multiple occasions. Not true. Dylan White couldn't drop his granny. He just thought crap. I put it on you in a box and you f*** yourself. Is there anyone else? One of the biggest fights in British boxing history. To survive so much things in life. Me and Dylan are going to put it on the line. One fight can change everything. You get knocked spark out. Everyone wrecked me up. I just keep showing up. He's refusing to show up for today's Wembley Pass Conference. I'll definitely win this stare down. Howard! <laughs> Number one, baby! You've gone silent. Where are you, Frillian? Dylan White and Tyson Fury go head-to-head for the WB. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.